I think what we are, what we want to get at in this episode is how does a guy at this age do this? And welcome back to another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Devin Singer. We got Matt Cermak here. Thank you so much for hopping aboard. In case you're new, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride on and off the course. And we believe that if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We feature interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and many more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you the tools to enjoy the ride. We are fired up. This is a hot off the presses straight after the PGA and Phil's win. Uh, We're going to teach you how to focus like Phil. But before we do that, instead of a quick word from a sponsor, we're going to give you guys a word from us, the Part Train crew. Oh, It's a special night, okay? Uh, Sunday night, Phil just won. This week marks a very special milestone for us. We are finally selling the long-awaited, super high-demand Partrain hats, okay? People have been DMing us on Instagram from India, from Australia, from Scotland, from Ireland, from New Zealand, from England, asking Canada. We're global how they can get a Partrain hat. And I told these people, in case you're listening, I said, guys, if you're willing to pay the shipping, people are willing to pay $40 shipping for these hats. That's how good these hats are. So they're going to go on sale this week. Go to thepartrain.com. We're going to be posting about it on our Instagram. So make sure you're following us at thepartrain on Instagram. And these hats are going to go fast. Okay, we have a limited run. So make sure you're constantly refreshing, checking back keeping up with our social posts because the hats are going to go fast. I'm sure we're going to submit another order, but it's about a, a month lead time to get them, get them printed. I'm pumped. Wow. Matt, are you fired up? We got them in gray. We got them in black. We got them in Navy. <laughs> Very fired up right now. Very fired them. up. The gray and Navy are the ones on sale. Now black was our first kind of test limited run, Matt. I mean, I am fired yeah. up. I don't, I don't remember a day like this as a golf fan since the 2018 tour championship and tiger winning the masters in 2019. I mean, the PJ championship doesn't normally have the buzz and the anticipation like today, but Phil just won at 50. There's going to be a lot of stuff out on this, but what we wanted to do as the par train, we wanted to dig into what Phil has been doing mentally. And we'll talk some physical stuff too. If Phil Mickelson can win at 50, we can certainly improve our games. I want to start with focus, Matt. It's something that a lot of people talk about, yet I don't know if a lot of people think about how to focus and why it's important. I think it's just something you hear, but it's not really talked about tactically. And Phil talked about that a lot this week. Right. Yeah, I think it was... uh... Well, I think first off, this is one of the greatest moments in golf history, right? Yeah. I think about Tiger's Masters, Jack's Masters in 86. You know, this is, this is just as good or better just because he's the oldest major champ. So, but like, I think what we are, what we want to get at in this episode is how does a guy at this age do this? Mm-hmm. And PGA Championship, I think they got the buzz back. It's the second major of the year now. Strongest field in golf. 
strongest field in golf. And it kind of adds to your point. How does a guy like this do that? And focus and meditation and mental game was kind of a whole theme with Phil. Mm-hmm. And uh, tactically, Ev, you know, I heard Phil talking about it this weekend. He said he's been doing some meditation work, right, to elongate his focus, mm-hmm. working on that. And he's also been playing 36 and 45 holes of golf a day in his practice. And he said that because when I do that, I've got to focus literally for the entire day playing golf. When I go play 18 holes, which is a quarter of your day, nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and remember, he's 50, right? <laughs> and this is a guy who lost, you know, he lost the weight. He's gotten stronger. He's battled the arthritis, fixed his diet. But that is really something uh, because, you know, you and I were playing, you played nine holes today. I played 18 holes yesterday. When you're playing seriously after 18 holes, it's such a grind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of how exhausting. much you have to focus like on your routine or your physical thoughts or your checkpoints. So I don't know. I think that's a, I just think there's really something there, you know, I mean, who has the time to play that much golf? He's a, he's Phil Mickelson, right? Like we right. we're all kind of weekend trunk slammers, but there's a lot of intent behind what he's trying to do. Well, that's a great point. And think about it. Like he doesn't have to do that, right? He's one of oh. the best players of all time, already a hall of famer. Think about all his accolades for him to invest. That is eight to 10 hours a day. I find it so interesting that there's a reason why he was trying to flex that muscle. And I think why I wanted to talk about it for the focus of this show is because I do think it's one of the things that most amateur golfers don't do enough of, right? We're not really focused. We're actually thinking about a lot of the wrong stuff, the the things that don't help us. When Phil, and this kind of builds on our last episode we did, where we we talked a lot about how you have to get so obsessed with what you're trying to do, right? And when you get obsessed with what you're trying to do, the shot at hand, uh, your swing key, your feel, the negative stuff, the, the what I'm trying not to do, what other people think, that can kind of, there's no room for it, right? And Phil was, by playing that many holes a day, right. was practicing that. Well, yeah, absolutely. And what I would say for our listeners out there, we talk to the we're talking to the fifteen handicapper, but we're also talking to the scratch player too. Is okay. You don't have time to go play forty five holes a day in practice, but what you do have time with is using intent. You know, when you are on the chipping green or on the pitching green, right? Going through your routine. We've mm-hmm. talked about this. It kind of brings me back to a point you made, I think, last week, and you've made it before on the show, Sarm, where you said you count the number of commitments or lack thereof that you make on the course. And I think not committing to a shot at the end of the day is lack of focus, right? And so committing is kind of the way to try and focus. That is the act of focusing, in my opinion. So, well, there obviously there's two parts to it, but commitment is a big part of focus. and. I think it's just so, I mean, let me ask you this, sir, before you speak to that. Why do you think it's hard to focus? Like you would think it'd be second nature, it'd right. be easy. But why is that actually difficult? Why is it hard to stay focused for 
18 holes. I think golf's the most unique, Ev, right? This is guys who've played other sports. You're never react. You're never reacting in the moment in some sort of with speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's, it has to be a routine. Like, you know, when the when that, when it, other sports, you're just, you're reacting to, to, to the ball, right. Where that ball doesn't move. So you have to, you have to do this monotonous routine over and over again. It's really tiring. And it's sometimes it's not fun. <laughs> right. So I think that has, I think that has a ton to do with it. What do you think? I think it's a relentless pursuit of staying in the moment and committing to your process, all of the cliches that are there, but are, are true that look, Phil is the perfect example of struggling, right? Took him 12 years, no matter. I mean, think about Phil, one of the biggest phenoms to ever come on tour, right? One is an amateur, uh, broke records in college, uh, took 12 years to win his first major at the Masters, okay? Um, It would have been real easy for him to get really down on himself, feel like he's kind of like Sergio's career up until the Masters. And, uh, you know, I think Phil is a great example of it's easier to get down with results that don't match your expectations. But I think what the best players and performers continually show us is that they're mentally tougher because they can bypass the results that are in front of them today, knowing them that downs are a part of the process. They are information. It is not a reflection of our worth, of who we are as people. And the game is the perseverance and the patience and the focus of what you're trying to do in that moment versus getting caught up in all of the struggles that you've either had up to that point or that you're thinking about in the future. And go ahead. Right. No, I mean, you're right. Ev. I mean, all you can, all you can do is just, how do I get my routine better? Right. How, (laughs) how, how do I, my, you know, uh, and that goes into, you know, what you're doing on the course, but it goes into what you're doing off the course. Right how you're practicing, you know, what your life's like, you know, what's your diet, what's your nutrition, what's your fitness. So that's all you got to get back to. Right. But it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, why the results are what they are. But a guy like Phil, right. He wins tons and tons of tournaments. He's a phenom. Doesn't get his first major to 2005, but then he wins four and six years. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's been eight years. <laughs> and that, but what you and I were talking about too with Phil is remember that open championship win in 2013 when nobody thought he could do it because up until 2011, he had one top five finish in the open. He could, for as great as he was, Lynx golf just wasn't his friend. He couldn't control the spin. He couldn't yeah, he's control the high flop guy, right? He couldn't figure out what to do off the tee. Um, and then in 2011, he finishes second to Darren Clark. 2013, he goes and wins at Mirfield. And then 2016, if Henrik Stenson doesn't shoot one of the greatest rounds in open history, he wins it again, yeah. right, at, at Troom. And then he had a couple more top 25 finishes in the last couple of years in the open. So why are we talking about the open? No, we're talking about Lynx-style golf. 
And what we saw this week at Kiowa was a taste of links <laughs> for the PGA Championship. Yeah. Right? You know, tough tee shots with trouble everywhere. everywhere. The, ground, the ball is running like crazy. Tons, a lot of wind. And it was almost like if this is, a, if, if you're going to do something unprecedented at 50 years old, be the oldest major champ. It's like what he learned in his experience in the last 10 years at the open, I think had everything to do with this week. I mean, but still 50 years old. My God. Yeah. Well, think about today, Sunday. There was at least three lead changes. Um, yeah. A lot of, most of them early on, just going back and forth. Um, he made five bogeys on the day. I believe he shot one over uh, 73. And I think the point is, again, with focus and patience, it sounds cliche, but what we do is we panic. Amateur golfers and amateur mindsets have oh shit moments when these types of things happen. And that's not just golf, that's throughout life, right? And so I think what separates the best in anything are the people that see things for what they are. Okay, he made a mistake. Maybe he got a little quick. Maybe he wasn't committed. Maybe he started a little tentative. He hadn't been in the situation in a while. Okay. That's normal. Uh, let's focus. I'm, I'm, I still have the lead. Like, I'm not going to have my oh shit moment. I made a mistake. And now I'm going to focus on what my task is, which is to hit it in this part of the fairway or leave myself this type of putt. And he, you know, I will say his, I don't know if it's a CBD gum, they're both chewing or what, sir. But <laughs> Phil today looked very similar to Tiger in 2019 where you, you never really saw them get fired up. You never really saw them get down. Anything yeah. that happened, uh, they stayed even keel. And you hear Spieth talk about it. The keys to him winning the Masters is him being a fighter. And I don't think amateurs realize this. I think they see Phil as this 50-year-old phenom, which sure, he is. But they think that to win six majors, you have to be the best. When really, I think the takeaway from today is, well, I guess that's true be from a score standpoint, but Phil was the, mental, the most mentally strong this week. He made mistakes just like everybody else, but he rebounded faster. And I think that's what we can all do better and learn from Phil and, you know, Tiger and all the other greats. Yeah, I mean, obviously anybody who wins a golf tournament was the most mentally strong that week, right? But I think... The, the, why does a Phil or a Tiger at their age win a major like that? It's because they're just, I mean, it was their week, but they have, they had a plan. They didn't deviate from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what's, I think that's what's, that's a takeaway. Like, right. When you, when you're going out to play, you know, on a Saturday morning with the guys, you have your plan. It's not, it's not Evan's plan. You know, it's not Matt's plan. It's Jimmy's plan. Right. And, and you stick to it. And when you do your process and you do your routine and when you practice during the week with intent, when you're spending 45 minutes hitting 100 yard shots and doing your pre-shot routine for every every shot. You create that familiarity. Right. I loved on 17 when Phil backed off. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what a scary golf shot. My God. 
Can you imagine hitting a 210 water right junk junk left and over it with the lead of the PGA Championship with the wind? Yeah. His adrenaline was pumping a little bit, but he hit the shot, right? Right at that right you know, left part of the green. It went a little long, but like, mm-hmm. but he clearly, and, and he was very stoic. In, and this is, I think, the meditation part if you, in his routine. Very more stoic than I've seen Phil. And I think, you know, did that's you hear what he all, said? Sorry, all the when work he did that. Been, I think I wasn't on 17. I think it was when he hit it perfect and it was a little short. I think it might have been 15 or 16 from the green. It kind of rolled back. He said, Yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't expect that. Oh, yeah. I heard him say that. Yeah. But listen to the, the energy in that, right? I've sometimes said that to myself. Well, that was unexpected, but <laughs> right. this is the game of unexpected. Right, right, right. Like Louis Ustazen, who has the maybe the greatest swing to watch on tour. Incredible. It, it can miss a driver 40 yards right, and you wonder how. Yet he comes up the next hole and he has the fortitude to swing just as free and hard at it. Because these guys, they just, I, I think it's just such a great teacher of. They're they're not identifying with each result. It's like I heard Faldo say, I think it was earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. He said, "Every hole is a project, right?" Yeah. Every shot is a task to yeah. complete the project. And yep, Phil was just like, "Okay, I hit it good." Well, Sometimes you right. you hit it, and the plan doesn't go according to your plan. And well, well golf is a sport where you get sometimes very lucky. And sometimes very unlucky, mm-hmm. right? And that is another thing that we all have str- we all struggle with, right? When we get lucky, right? When you hit that drive left into the junk and it, you know, it's got a perfect lie and you find it, like <laughs> those are the moments you live for. And then when you hit, you know, that great shot into the green and I hit a, I was playing this week, Evan. I had a 260 yard shot on the ninth hole. So I hit a three wood, rip it, going for it. Hit it perfect. Just lands in the bunker. It was buried. Like, how does a three wood bury? Clearly, there's too much sand in that bunker, you know. But it is what it is, right? I got unlucky, you know? Right. <laughs> right? And like, we, but amateurs don't, I don't, you have to kind of, you have to sometimes just laugh and shrug when you get lucky and laugh and shrug when you get unlucky, you know? That, that you makes should, me think, sir. I think that's, that, Absolutely. I mean, I think one thing that we haven't really talked about on this show that I realized when we had Dr. Joe Parent on a couple weeks ago from uh, Zen Golf, author of Zen Golf, um, he talked a lot about humor. And Phil is a great example of using humor to his advantage. You heard him at the crowd, right? When he hit it left and he's like, oh, don't I get a club length and a drop when a fan picked it up? Right. And he's kind of like feeding off the crowd, staying light. Right. Humor is, you know, some, I think some amateur golfers might listen to our podcast and think, I don't know if this is for me. I'm not like a, I'm a trunk slammer, as you call it. Right. I'm not out there <laughs> like trying to like count my negative thoughts. I'm just trying to go play and have a good time, but I'd like to shoot better scores. And maybe my mind is one way to unlock that. So maybe to them, some of these practices, these practices and tools seem silly. So to those people, I would say, okay, I get that. Then use humor, right? 
when you have an unlucky right. shot or maybe you have a couple blow up holes in a row or whatever it is, make fun of yourself in a way that doesn't put you down. It actually lifts you back up. It keeps things light. Cause I think Phil's a perfect example of that. Um, well, I, I totally yeah. agree. Have he, he's the, we talk, and we, what we talked about with Dr. Joe parent, but we talk about a lot on this show is what goes on in between the golf shot. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's so important what goes on in between when it's not your turn. And then it's obviously very important what happens when your turn, but they're actually two different experiences. And Phil, the people's champ, he's Arnold Palmer of our generation. He signs the most autographs. He laughs at the crowd. Except for how about the thumbs up? How many, how many thumbs up did, did Phil do today? Right. But he used to do a lot of the tip of the cap, you know, but now he's just kind of doing the thumbs up, but then he's given the ball to the, you know, to the kid who looked like he was mentally handicapped, who was just having the greatest time. But Phil was a great teacher of that. Like when it's not your turn, just have a great, you're having an awesome time releasing positive energy. Right. Brooks. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are not like that. Most actually aren't. Tiger's not like that. Brooks is not like that. DJs. There's a lot of people not like that, but he, for the amateur golfer, like, boy, enjoy your time when you're out there in between your shot. And then when it's your turn, that one minute or minute and a half, you got to lock in. Yeah. You got to lock in. And when you're on the driving range, when you're chipping and putting, you've got to familiarize what that routine is and do that routine. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's a lot of takeaways for amateurs with Phil because does he not have the most fun out there? He does. Yeah. <laughs> but, 100%. but what has he been working on? Why did he win today? Because he's been working so hard on his routine and his focus. Yeah. So I, I just think it's an incredible parallel and a lesson for all of us. And I mean, think about it. Think about the struggles Phil's had off the tee his entire career. Now, obviously for, it helps for, for winning five majors. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's never been now straight six. off the tee. Now six. Right. Um, but think about that. It obviously helps that he's got an unbelievable short game. So there's, you know, confidence there. But when you have that, those quote demons in the closet, right? That drive he hit 366 or whatever, uh, that fairway narrows out. There's a bunker on the right. Scary and stuff. scary T shots out there. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he. You say your process, your your routine. He's probably so focused on his keys, you know, whether that is uh, light hands at the top or tempo or staying in spot, whatever his keys are. I don't know what they are. Um, the ability to hit the driver the way he did this week and down the stretch when he had so many big misses not that long ago. Like he's had them all year, all year long. You said yourself before we started recording, he hasn't had a top 20 all year on the PJ tour. Yeah. yeah. He's had some confidence from winning the champions tour, but when he come to the PJ tour, it didn't translate. So to me, that tells me that he is not really thinking about that stuff. Of course it might creep up in the moment, but when that stuff happens, all a meditation is, we don't talk about that that often, but I used to teach meditation at Uber when I worked there. I led a Tuesday meditation, uh, not class, but basically a guided meditation every Tuesday. And I would tell people, people would be like, yeah, I'm thinking about coming. And I'm like, but I'm not good at it, right? That's what yeah. everybody says. I'm not good at it. I have a bunch of thoughts going through my mind. Well, meditation is not about success or failure. 
or being good at it. Meditation is a practice. And all the practice is, is the coming back, the resetting. Things come up, you notice them, you don't give them weight, you don't give them meaning. You say, oh yeah, okay, there's that thing. You come back, you focus again on something. In the meditation, right. a lot of time it's the breath. In For Phil in golf, you saw him breathing a lot to keep himself calm, but you also probably, he probably went back to his focus, his task at hand, the shot at hand. There's enough to take up your mind space just with one shot right. at Kiowa down the stretch with a chance to make history, right? So I think that's really important, you know, when people are hearing this and they might roll their eyes at, you know, Phil talking about meditation or CBS talking about it too much. Like that is, he said he would meditate for a long time, similar to playing 36, 45 holes of just practicing, strengthening his muscle of focusing on one thing and coming back to it when he, right. when he loses it. Right. I mean, it's all, it's all about just mastering your routine, right? And you're always trying to make your routine better. And I think as, well, what are the takeaways for everybody listening right now? All right, you're going to play like, like, how do I make my routine better? Right. We talk about the pre-shot routine, but there's, there's a routine, what you do the night before, how you get up, how you stretch, mm -hmm. what you eat, right. How you, how you, you know, how you practice on the driving range, hit a few balls before you go out and play, hit a few chips, hit a few putts. Like you got to find yours and you just got to do it. Right. And you just got to do it again and again and again. And I think a guy like Phil at his age, you know, when he, did, like you said, if he didn't do any of this, I mean, at 40 years old, he had four majors, right. And he was a terrible open championship player. And he's like, I'm not going to go out in my career like this. So he goes out and wins the open championship in 2013, five majors at 50. He loses the weight, fixes his diet, <laughs> working on speed, working on his focus. It's really inspiring stuff to watch. You know, I mean, and I think, uh, obviously we're always inspired by tiger, but I mean, 50 years old with when in a generation of players where the, the talent has never been, there's never been more depth. They've never been more talented, more physically stronger. This is one where, this is one we're going to remember. This is one of the great sports moments, maybe in history. I'm going to say it up in history of sports. Yeah. I mean, a lot of takeaways. He, I think Phil's, the, the patience he showed too. I know I spoke about it a little bit. I just, one thing I take away for the average golfer, and we said it before the show, before we started recording, is like we said, Phil didn't really have any form. He was 201 odds coming into this tournament to win. Yeah. And I think that's really inspiring and should be encouraging to the average golfer out there because. It, he, he won. So what does that tell you? Well, the game right. of golf is a, fin a finicky, crazy game. And that is the negative right. side, right? A lot of winners never win again. Look at Trevor Immelman. But the positive side and the encouraging side is we're also like one feel away, one tweak away, one thought away, one approach away from playing better golf. I'm not saying we're all going to become Phil Mickelson. But if Phil can win or, in a or just, field like or just, this, just one. <laughs> go ahead. No, one at your one attitude adjustment away. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, one I think thing that's, I think that's, I think that's huge for, for, you know, like for our whole part train crew, you know, and our listeners, I mean, it's one, cause you said it, it's one tweak away. Yeah. And yeah. one actually I'm, I'm excited to share this term. We haven't really talked about this uh, in a while. I spoke to this a while ago about uh, Ryan's course at the member guest. Um, but I just recently did this uh, when I played, it made a huge difference. I did it then and it made a big difference. So I actually think this is something that could help a lot of people. When you said you're a mindset away or an attitude shift away, one thing I found that I did a lot without even really knowing that I was doing it is I would look at courses with so much fear because the courses were intimidating. The courses were narrow. The courses had a lot of trouble where I missed it. And one day before I played recently, and I hadn't, I've had bad history at this course. It's a really great, nice, exclusive course. And I never played well there. And it's easy to chalk up courses like that. I just don't play well there. And then I reflected on it and I realized, oh, I've been like treating this course differently than other courses that I knew well I was more comfortable at. And I finally realized, you know what, today, I'm not going to be scared of this course. It's grass. Right. <laughs> like, literally, right. it's grass in front of me. There is sand, grass, cart path, trees, and water. It is not right. scary. And I don't like scary movies, Serm. Okay? It's not like someone jumping out and scaring <laughs> you. Okay? Yeah. But I realized, yeah. I know this sounds silly. Yeah, not exactly. Not, not. <laughs> You're not exactly Chicago town. We get it. Yeah. You're an LA guy, you know. <laughs> but I think a lot of people go into golf courses, like Harborside in Chicago is a perfect example. If you miss the fairway, you're dead. Yeah. So you stand up on the tee box and you're tense and you're scared. And one day I just made up my mind up. Like, I'm on a beautiful property. I'm going to notice what's right. really great about this course. I'm going to take things as they come, but I'm not going to lose before I start. I'm not going to let this course intimidate me. I belong here. I can play here. And I went and played and I played lights out differently than when I played before. Sure. I made mistakes. Well, sure. I made a couple well, let, doubles. Let me ask you this. Ev. I think it's a great, it's a great point. And all right, you, 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 you shifted your attitude, right? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this. This is a great day at a great course. You started there and then your game plan can be better, right? Because mm -hmm. you've kind of you've level set mistakes. yourself. Right. You've level set yourself. All right. Let's just relax. I'm just going to enjoy the day. And then you start thinking clearly on that second tee shot. That's a dog leg left. Right. You know, is it driver? Is it three wood? What do I do? Right. But you know, do I hit it low? Do I, but you start processing those moments better and you ultimately you start executing better. Right. But when you're so scared the whole day, you struggle to process and you're going to make more bad decisions. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Again, instead of it being like, I suck at this course, this course, I've never played well, or this course is super tough and narrow and I hit it all over the map, you're using your mistakes as information to get better and learn. Right. And so like, hmm, okay, well, today I have a little bit more of a left miss than I usually do. Or today I actually have a right miss that I'm not used to. 
So today I'm going to play for that. And I'm going to choose clubs that give me the best chance to make a birdie that doesn't take an unnecessary risk. I'm going to pick clubs with comfort and I'm going to choose to play with less tension because the tension is a choice. Even though you might not realize it, you're letting the course or the moment intimidate you versus standing over the shot and saying, I've hit many golf shots. I'm not a pro, but I'm going to focus on what I can do. And that's making my best chance at a good swing and go get the next one. Totally. That's exactly what Phil did today. It, it is. And, and, and just a quick thing. I played yesterday with John Gro- Johnny Gross, great guy, big par train listener. And our theme, we were on a little team together, you know, playing a little two-man team. And our theme was the next shot can be your best shot. Hmm. And we both, I mean, this is, this is golf, but it's funny to actually think about that and realize that. And when it happens, like when you make the terrible swing and then you make the great swing, like I was hitting my three wood terrible off the tee yesterday. And that's usually my money club. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to, got to the 16, 15th hole and I, it's a pretty wide fairway. And I just a little, I was going to hit just a little three, a little punch three wood. And I hit in the fairway bunker, right? I was like, Oh God, got up in the fairway bunker and I stuffed it. The next shot made birdie. Next yeah. hole, three wood off the tee, wide fairway. Did it again. Hit into the fairway bunker left. What did I do? Knocked it to 20 feet. Right? John was hitting his driver bad all day. Got, it, got to the 18th hole. He ripped it. Right? Yep. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think that's, it, it, it's a big tweak your attitude, and then that really helps your plan. But think you about know, what you just said. You, you hit it in the bunker. You said, oh, God. Right. Right. So you had your panic. Oh shit moment. Now you've had the practice to then reset and focus on your next shot. But I've had similar stuff happen recently where I hit a great drive off one the other day and I was nervous playing in front of people. I hadn't played before. I had a history of missing right on that hole. You know, the history with me and driver and the wind was in my face. I had to hit driver. I focused on my process, my swing feel. Hit a great ball, mid-flight draw, perfect drive. I think it hit something and barely rolled in the bunker. Everyone was shocked it was in the bunker. Guess what I did next? I go, oh, I can't be mad at that. I did exactly what I meant to do. The result didn't, wasn't exactly what I would have liked, but I did the swing I was hoping for, and that's all I can do. So I stepped up to the shot. I had wind in my face. I was hitting a punch nine iron out of a fairway bunker, stuck it to eight feet and made birdie to start my day. Now, yeah. is that fun? Right? That's, I, mean, that's, I would have loved to have been in the fairway, but I made birdie anyways. Well, and so, it, why is it sometimes the harder shots we do better, right? I mean, my fairway bunker shot was 150 yards, water left to an elevated green in a front pin. You want to talk about a scary shot with wind right to left? And I hit it to two feet, but I have a three wood in a wide fairway. But you know what it was? Ev? I was in between clubs up there, hybrid mm-hmm. three wood. And I did it again on the next hole. I didn't have the shape. And then you get the harder shot, the fairway bunker shot. You drop the expectations and you just, <laughs> you know, but you kind of think, you know, and it's, it, it's really interesting. You know, so you see what we we're doing. To, we get, you got to take those lessons. Yeah. Let me translate this conversation into a very specific tactic. So what we're doing is we're not, seeing a missed shot or a shot that didn't result in the way we would have liked and said, we suck or God, I can't believe I did that. What we're doing is saying, Hmm, I misjudged something or I got a bad bounce, right? Like, but you put the swing on it that you would have liked. You had the intention you needed. 
you had a good plan, but something didn't quite match up. And that happened today. I hit a, right. I had serious, probably 20 power, 20 mile power wind in my face and a short par four wide open to start the day. And you don't need any, you don't need driver. I, I, I put a four iron back in my stance. I hit this beautiful low punch four iron. And I had like, I don't, I think I had like 120 in and I put a pitching wedge back in my stance because I didn't think my gap wedge could get there because of the wind. And I punched a little light pitching wedge, hit it perfectly, flew the green. Now I remember saying to myself, the, the, the automatic thought is, wow, I can't believe you just put yourself behind a tree over the green, the one place you couldn't go, starting out the day with a perfect four iron, a wedge in, and now I'm struggling to make bogey. Yes, yeah. those thoughts come up. For sure. But then I remembered, I just hit two great shots. I misjudged the wind. I might have hit it too good. So the law of averages says, I'm just going to keep doing that. Good things are going to happen instead of assuming that I just blew something and getting real down on myself. That's the difference. That's what we're talking right. about. That's what Phil did today. That's what all the pros talk about. If you really listen to that, what they're saying. And for one second, sir, I want to bring Bryson up for one second. We haven't really talked about this, but, and he was kind of up there towards the end. But I knew he wasn't going to contend after his Thursday presser. I don't know if you remember this, but he was talking about how exhausted he was. Just so much exhaustion, frustration, and talking about like the difficulty. And yet everyone was in the same scenario. Yeah, some players might have had more win than others. Um, but you don't hear Phil talking about difficulty. Phil was talking about how the challenge, it was a fun challenge, right? And it was difficult yeah. for everyone. But I guess the point of this show is don't let your mind put you behind the eight ball. Don't lose before you even play. Well, um, right. I mean, it's it, why, like you said, these guys hit bad shots all the time. And then, <laughs> you know, Brooks made a couple doubles and the next thing you know, he's got a chance to, to force a playoff in the last hole. Right. Right. They just, they, they don't get, they know that something didn't click or something wasn't right on their decision or their mind or what. And they just go to the next one. They just go to the next one and just, all right, my focus got a little off. Let's get back mm -hmm. at it. And then, and I think that's it. Right. Like it's, it, and for Phil, I mean, I don't know if he's won six majors now, Ev. You know, he's, he's tied with Feldo and he's tied with Trevino, you know. And he's, you know, that US Open got, yeah. And oh, Sarah's in and Sneed and, mm -hmm. you know, he'd be in a whole new uh, group there, but can he get another one? <laughs> right. I mean, he'd love the U S open to get the career grand slam. I, I don't think anybody thought this. I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't even think it was in anybody's wheelhouse to say that he was going to get another major. I'll, I'll finish so, this episode. Can he, can he do it again? Yeah, I'll finish this way, Serm. I will say there's no more demons than Phil has with the U.S. Open. What does he have, six seconds, or is it five? He's got, I think he's got six seconds, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, we all know what happened at Wingfoot. I mean, I would, I just, I'm not going to say he's going to do it or win another one. What I'm excited to watch is it seems like he has a new muscle between his ears. 
And I can't wait to see that at a, at a tournament like the U S open, he already is good at playing the U S open, but I don't think he's had this type of mindset and focus like he has now. And so can he win? Sure. I, will he win? Who knows? Yeah. But I'm excited to watch to see how this he, he's seen now. Think about how exciting that is at 50 years old to have done that with the best in the world. I mean, I think he'll make I mean, a run at a U.S. Open. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he was he had a, what, a four or five shot lead at one point today. He was playing a, almost a different golf course. He had a different plan. Yeah. And um, it's, um, I mean, here's the other thing. I've, you know, the crowd got a little out of control at the end. But I think this is like, you know, first major with fans post COVID yeah. golf has exploded and I, you couldn't ask for, uh, this is like the cherry on top, you know, with where golf's at and where the game's going. And I think it's just going to be unbelievable the rest of the year. So it's, really great times for all golfers. It's also so sweet because what happened with tiger recently is so tragic. And for someone like Phil to come out of the woodwork, and reinvigorate us as fans, I think is awesome. And I don't know, sir. I think uh, you saw my tweet. If anything's going to motivate Tiger to come back, Phil winning a six yeah, at maybe. age fifty might give him yeah. a little extra incentive. It could. I obviously we want Tiger to come back. You know, he's got fifteen. You know, I don't know how worried he is about Phil. But to your point, will he? Does he? I don't know. Can he, how long can he play for, but maybe he'll yeah. make more careful decisions so he can have an opportunity like Phil. So lots right. of good times at, and hopefully we get Tiger back. Cause this was a special moment in the history of the history of the game. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, I didn't know this until watching this afternoon, but I've always wanted to go to Kiowa. I've never been, I hear South Carolina's the whole Myrtle beach area is amazing for golf. But after watching this week and learning that they shot Legend of Bagger Vance at Kiowa Island, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did not know that. And Legend of Bagger Vance is my one of my favorite movies of all time, not just golf, but all time. And the fact that they shot that there makes me want to go there even more. So this wow. was this was there such a thrill to watch. I'm excited. Um, all right, guys. Well, hopefully there's some nuggets in there that you can take with you your next round and. Uh, like Serm said, take a new attitude to the course and just try it. You know, nothing is set in stone. Phil's tinkering all the time. And I'm not saying to go out and tinker. I think a lot of times we need to remove things from our, our, from our heads. But, you know, a new mindset and a new attitude is certainly something I think that'll help everyone, regardless of your level well, of yeah. play. So continue to, we always need to continue to work on being focused, but relaxed out there right when you're in yep. the shot you're focused when you're out of the shot you're relaxed keep working at it keep pushing a lot of good stuff coming keep chugging and enjoy the ride well guys thanks as always to listening for listening uh give us a subscribe leave us a review if you love the show that'll help us do more of these and uh give us a follow at the part train instagram twitter tiktok facebook um you'll hear a lot of kind of extensions from this show, um, but more bite-sized, digestible little tidbits that'll keep you in the right frame of mind throughout the week and maybe laugh a little bit. That's um, a key. And share the show. If you like the show, share with a friend. And who knows, we might get some of you on for uh, Mental Game Roundtables. So send us a DM and a tweet and let us know. Love it. All right, guys. 
no matter how you hit it next weekend when you play next what do we got to do sir enjoy the ride see you guys